Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixth Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris here. Sadly, John, something came up for Jonathan today, so he's not joining us this beautiful Sunday afternoon, at least where I'm at. Is it beautiful where you're at, Chris? Um, it, It's been a bit rainy today, so not, not particularly, but, you know, oh. rain, rain can be beautiful. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know, it's beautiful in the movies. It's much less beautiful in real life. It's a, it depends. If you see like a thunderstorm in the distance coming, that can be beautiful. That's, that's true. Hmm. Can, that's also generally more ominous in the movies. So I guess it's just flipped. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Some we got to talk about the Sixers' last two games. Last time that they've had a losing streak was a while ago. This is technically a losing streak, Chris, and. We got to talk about that. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons real quick because, you know, we, I, I feel like we're legally obligated to do so. And then we got all NBA talks, right, Chris? Yeah. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head. We unfortunately are not here to discuss weather and film as much as I would enjoy that. So Absolutely. let's dive right in uh, to the Golden State game first on Saturday, Lucas. Obviously, did not end how we would have liked it to end. 120-112 was the final score. This game was in Golden State, the first of a road back-to-back for Philly. Uh, we'll start with the starters per usual. Joel Embiid stands out there, obviously, Lucas, with 46 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. One of his best games in a stretch of extremely impressive games. Uh, Tobias had 23. Tyrese had 21. And obviously, no James Harden. Uh, Achilles soreness was cited as the reason for him missing this game. And, you know, he's pretty important to this team, I would say. So what were your takeaways from the starting group overall? I mean, look, the Sixers lost by eight points, 112 to 120. Golden State has been virtually elite at home. Without James Harden, this was going to be an uphill battle. Joel did everything he could. He was plus 13. Maxi had a Maxi had a good game. Look, look. He had 21 points, uh 50% shooting from deep, five assists. I don't really think you could ask much more. I mean, that's that's on par what he's done this season. So I don't I don't think that was a bad Maxi game and it's not a bad Tobias game. 23 points on really efficient shooting. Tucker didn't score, but you know, we expect that now. Defensively, you know, was okay. Melton was the one that I think really struggled here, Chris. Four fouls in 35 minutes, had only eight points, three steals, positive, but, you know, had a hard time slowing down Steph Curry, who had 29 on pretty efficient shooting, too. Yeah, um, I I mean, I I think, you know, obviously, as far as who struggled, P.J. went 0-5 from three in this game, and it was pretty tough to keep him on the floor late because of the offensive issues. Oh yeah. So that I mean that's like has been something of a theme all year with PJ is is he doing enough offensively to where you can bet on his defense late in games and we'll see how that plays out in the playoffs. I'm generally pretty confident in PJ because of his track record and he is still a really impactful defender when he wants to be. But the the offense has, is more of an issue now than ever. So it will be interesting to monitor. Um Melton, like you said, didn't hit his threes. That's going to happen every now and then for a shooter, but he, he still brought it on defense. And, I mean, look, Joel was amazing in this game. I, I think, you know, we're going to talk about the Phoenix game too. 
a lot of people are going to have maybe outsized reactions to a. The Sixers have lost three out of four games this week, which isn't ideal. You know, we're in the stretch run here. We're fighting for seeding. Philly's looking more and more like the three seed right now, and that's yeah. just how it's going to land. But, you know, they won eight straight before this week, and this was a very tough road back-to-back. Both games without their second-best player and a guy who's been top 10 on the MVP ladder for the last month in James Harden. Like, Harden's extremely important to this team. And his absence is just, I mean, you know, you, we can't ignore that as a reason for these losses. Like, I think it really is that simple, to be quite frank with you. Mm-hmm. Um, late game execution was an issue. Uh, James Harden helps with that. So, yeah, I, I mean, Joel deserves a ton of credit. He put up a great game against a team that can play very good defense. Like you said, they've been in one of the best home teams in the NBA this year. Jordan Poole was amazing down the stretch. He He's capable of those kinds of runs. You have Steph Curry, Draymond, Clay. These are guys we know can, can do big things. So, yeah, Golden State's a very interesting team, and I'm, I'm not too worried about this loss in particular. Did anyone stand out to you on the bench, Lucas? Well, not anybody but the rotation of the bench. You know, we, we know that we're going to see Niang, Paul Reed, Shake Milton, but no Daniel House, and instead of House, you get Cork Maz coming off the bench in the first half. Five minutes, had a point, two points and a rebound. That was surprising, and then you had a brief, like, it doesn't even register as a full minute of Jaden Springer. Um, that 16, was kind of, yeah. 16 glorious seconds. He got a shot up. Yeah, he That's did. He did. But, like, seeing Corkmaz, that was a very strange move by Doc. It, it yeah. was assumed that he's out of the rotation, but then we see him in this game. Well, I mean, no McDaniels, no House, both injured, no Harden. Like, if you, you're missing three rotation guys, you get to the point where maybe you're going to see five minutes of Corkmaz. So I don't know if it's it's too surprising. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a while. It was It was an interesting change of pace. For sure. Obviously, he didn't actually get much run. Uh, really, Shake and George got almost all of the real bench minutes in this game. Even mm-hmm. Paul Reed only played five minutes. So they leaned very heavily on the top seven with, with so many guys out. And, you know, I understand it. Golden State is a good team. These are games that Philly wanted to win, even though they ultimately didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, George and Shake weren't particularly impressive in their minutes. One of four from deep for George. Shake had five points in 23 minutes, four assists. Uh, so yeah, not a lot to write home about. Golden State, again, like you said, very, very good home team. I, I think good team overall in general. They've struggled a bit at different points this season. They're the sixth seed right now in the West. They haven't you... really lived up to the hype as, you know, defending champs, but they are still capable of beating anyone on any given night. They still have Steph Curry. They still have a core that's been together forever. These guys know how to play winning basketball when it counts. So I don't think this is a bad loss at all. No, and look, like I think in the playoffs, if Andrew Wiggins is with the team, he's dealing with personal stuff. We're not going to get into the rumors regarding that. But um, if Andrew Wiggins is on this team and they got and Gary Payton comes back healthy, 
they could they could make a run. I'm not going to say to the fi- finals, but could they get to the West Finals? Yeah, I don't think it's impossible to to comprehend that. Yeah, not at all. So let, let's let's talk about the Phoenix game now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into the Phoenix game here, Chris. Sixers lost one twenty five to one hundred five. It was pretty much sealed after the third quarter. Uh, Chris, Joel had 28 and 10 with four assists, two blocks. Maxi had 37, which is close to a career high for him. Not quite, but close. Tobias only had 13. Your thoughts on the starters in the game? Yeah, um, I mean, Tyrese was the only player who really had his best stuff tonight. And when you're down, again, James Harden is so important to this team. His absence alone is going to make things very difficult. This was one of Joel's worst games in a while, which is a huge credit to him when 28 and 10 on, on 19 shots is like a relatively poor performance compared to what you've been giving. But yeah. Yeah. So it really was not a bad Joel game. It was just lower than what we have come to expect from him this particular season, especially this half of the season when he's been so dominant of late. And look, again, not to overcom- like undercomplicate things, but Phoenix is a good team. Not a great team. They're hurt. They're missing KD and Aiton, two very important players. But that's still a very competent, competitive team. They are the home team in this game. The Sixers are on the road out west on the second night of a back-to-back. Those are just tough circumstances. It's hard to win those games fully healthy. Not to mention when you're missing Harden and, and maybe a rotation piece or two off the bench as well. So, yeah. Um, again, I don't think there's too much to write home about this. I think this is just kind of a natural game to lose over the course of an 82-game season. And it's unfortunate that it comes here in the last 10 games with heightened stakes, with Philly fighting for playoff seating. We're so close to Boston and Milwaukee not that long ago. There are only two games back of Boston in the loss column right now. So, they can still catch them, but it's going to be difficult. And these two games have made it much more difficult. But yeah, I, I think it's a pretty understandable loss, all things considered. And Maxi deserves a ton of credit as far as the starters go for his performance. Um, yeah, second night of back to back on the road. Those those are tough games. Yeah, look, I mean, to be fair, Phoenix was on the second night of a back to back as well. But like you said, they were the home team. Uh, Give credit to Bismack Biombo. I mean, look, he was out of the league for a little bit before he came back to uh, came to the Suns. He had 17 and 13, five blocks. He definitely made things difficult for Joel, despite being what is he like six eight? He's undersized for a center, but he's he's a really good athlete, really good defender. Just you know, usually not great on offense, but he was that night. Um, you know, Phoenix had a had their depth uh, shined in that game questions about their depth depth overall but they they did well in this game and you know for philly i think fatigue was definitely a part of it you saw i think you can see it with tobias's game with joel you know despite joel putting up like you said 28 and 10 is uh you know really good night for most of any other player but for joel it's underperforming and, and you know we're i don't i don't want to say it as to bash him you know, he's been on such a tear for so long. You know, he had to come back down to earth at some point. And on a second night of back-to-back on the road, you know, that's that's understandable. So, Chris, what do we think of the bench? Any thoughts uh, about them? Yeah. Um, again, 
They're doing no house in this game, Lucas. We got nine minutes of, of Dwayne Denman there down the stretch for, for obvious reasons, which was, you know, I wouldn't say it was fun. Um, Paul Reed continues to not get a ton of playing time these last few games, which I think is something to watch ahead of the playoffs. We all know that the PJ small ball units are coming. So that's just a trend to monitor. That doesn't really thrill me personally, as you know. Um, First game back after a few absences from McDaniels, only played uh, 13 minutes, didn't score any points, nothing really to write home about. Shake struggled. George didn't hit any threes again. Like, not not a great showing from the bench, to be completely honest. Just not really much support offered in this game. And when, again, no James Harden, you, you need other guys to step up, and Philly just didn't get that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I think I don't really need to say much more. We saw a little bit more Corkmaz, a little bit more Springer. Uh, the, the, that was towards the end of the game. Um, I really am concerned that Doc's going to go to Deadman, and that would be a big mistake. Deadman's good as a veteran presence. We both talked about that before, but as getting quality time in a game, no, absolutely not. He, he looks old. Look, he, I mean, what is he, like 33, Chris? He, he's up there. For an NBA player, which I mean, I say 33, talking like I'm th- I'm 30, and he's like 33, and I'm talking like it's old. But no, I mean, I mean, it might be old, but like, no. In all seriousness, like that's not what we need. We need somebody like Paul Reed, who's proven in the playoffs that he can play. And like Deadman was, you know, vaulted from Miami for a reason. Um. That being said, you know, Kevin Durant's rumored to come back soon, Chris. The Suns are going to be a really big problem if he's back. What's their ceiling? Can they win a title this year with the roster that they have with a healthy Kevin Durant? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it, it has been traditionally very hard for teams to incorporate superstars midseason and win. We saw that last year with Philly. It just takes guys time to acclimate to one another. but. You know, Kevin Durant is not James Harden. I, I don't think it's quite as hard to acclimate Kevin Durant. He, he's just such a versatile and pretty selfless star. He can kind of adapt to any group offensively, do just about anything you need him to. So, yeah, I, I mean, Kevin Durant's a top five player. Devin Booker is top ten probably still or in that range. I, I would put him in the top ten. Yeah. yeah, anytime you have two top ten players and a half-decent supporting cast, you're in the mix. Most people would say Phoenix is the favorite to come out of the West right now, which is hard to disagree with. Again, Durant just hasn't played much with that group, but... My my bigger concern is their depth, not their star power. Yeah, but I mean, frankly, in the playoffs, depth doesn't matter as much. I guess my question is... I guess my question is, can you just trust like Torrey Craig and Josh Kogi not to be minuses on offense? in a playoff series where the Suns are playing four on five. And if they bring in, like, say, T.J. Warren to offset the offense, is T.J. not going to get picked on on defense? The the, the depth concerns, I think, are valid. Um, can I, do I think they can get past them? Sure, but it's not going to be easy. Um, sure. uh, I think, yeah, the thing about the West is that there isn't, like, a, a clear juggernaut right now. Even Denver mm-hmm. has shown some cracks lately, so... If they're facing, like, prime Golden State, I would say, yeah, they're really probably operating at a disadvantage, but they're not. Like, the West is wide open, so they they have the talent, and they have, you know, Durant's new, but that group 
otherwise has been together for a minute. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Aiton, those guys know how to win. They know what it takes to get to that level. So I, I have to imagine that they have a decent shot. So I just have one question. Can, can the Phoenix Suns beat your, your Oklahoma City Thunder in a playoff series? No comment. <laughs> uh, I'll take that. Okay. Cool. Let's go ahead and switch over to a former Sixer who, well, Chris, it's just sad at this point. Go ahead and jump into that, man. Yeah. Uh, ben Simmons, according to the Brooklyn Nets themselves, is not likely to return this year as they try to figure out the best approach to dealing with a nerve impingement in his back. He has missed the last several weeks now for Brooklyn. Obviously, before that, was in the middle of easily his worst NBA season to date. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, Luke? What's, what's the future look like for Ben, who still has several years on a very big contract, clearly is not really part of what the Nets are building at the moment? What, what are your thoughts there? Is it crazy for me to say that the Nets might buy him out of his contract? Yeah. I... I don't this think it is sense financially. Like, why would they? It would be dead money. It, it, I mean, is it? It kind of feels like it already is dead money. Look, Ben Simmons, and I. I feel confident when I say this. If not the worst, one of the top three worst contracts in the NBA right now. One of the worst, if not the yeah. worst NBA contract. But that be. That be. Didn't get bought out. John Wall didn't get bought out. We, we John Wall before. did get bought out. John Wall did get in bought the, out. In the last year of his deal, that's different. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Look, Ben Simmons might get traded this offseason, go to NBA Purgatory. Where is NBA Purgatory right now, by the way? Where where, where will we say that is? Like the Houston Rockets? Uh, Charlotte. Char- yeah, that's a good one, Charlotte, yeah. Put him next to LaMelo Ball. Yeah, put two ball-dominant guys. No, I mean, look, I, maybe he could work in uh, you know Houston. But, like, look, the... It's just not good. It's not good. And, like, if the Nets have a bright future, and if Ben Simmons can get back to his old self, then he's a perfect fit with that team. If not, then they're going to have to attach picks to get off of his deal. Like, multiple pick, first-round picks, if they want to get off of his deal. And I feel, you know, part of me, one, part of me, not all of me, not most of me, honestly, just, like, maybe 1% of me feels bad for the guy. Um, and the fact that is like, you know, two years ago, you were an all NBA type of guy. And now you are one of the worst contracts in the NBA. You can't seem to stay healthy. I'm, I'm not even sure how much of like, you know, is this more physical health or mental health is the bigger concern for Ben Simmons right now. And we don't know. And that's scary for Ben, honestly. So, yeah, it's, it's not a good look. And yeah. he, 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 he might need his year in like Australia to get his head straight before he comes back. Uh, yeah, I mean, even like if you strip away the basketball side of things, he's been dealing with back issues now pretty consistently for like a year and a half, two years. So just that in and of itself is kind of worrying because your, your back's pretty important. You're not going to be able to play to full strength. If your back is not 100% healthy, that, that's a very important that, you know, pretty much every part of your body connects through your back. So mm-hmm. that in and of itself is a concern. 
you know, Ben has very clearly not been playing at full physical strength this year. You know, forget the shooting concerns, forget skill-wise whatever's happening. He's just not moving like he used to, and that's been part of the issue. So the the physical health stuff, I think, is definitely real. And it's obviously the primary concern if you're Brooklyn. It's like they're just not going to be able to trade that contract. Like, like no one's going to take it on right now. So what's probably going to have to happen is the Nets are going to have to ride this out for some time and try to get him right physically. So that, that'll be interesting. I, I don't know if interesting is the right word. It, it's like you said, it's pretty sad. Like I've always tried to sympathize with Ben on some level and whatever you, you know, whatever your opinion of him may be, you, you, you know, it's just a really unfortunate circumstance for him. And we'll, we'll see how it progresses from here. Yeah, let's go to the main event of this podcast, though, Chris, because it's it's close to the end of the season. We got what about two weeks left, and I feel like it's time that we start doing awards on this podcast. So, first first awards that we're going to do is All NBA. So this is of course fluid. This can change before the end of the season, but these are just our projections for it. So, Chris, I didn't tell you to do this, but I'm sure you probably have like an honorable mention list. Let's start there and work our way up from third team. After all honorable mention, we'll go to third team, second team, first team, okay? And then we'll dis- discuss it as we go. So, Chris, yeah. who is on, how many people is on your honorable mention and who are on there? Who's on there? Um, James Harden. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Who else? Um, uh, I mean, Devin Booker, John Moran. A lot of guards. Very, very good year for guards. And you, you had John Morant. Interesting. Why do you have John Morant? Not, 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 not on the. What, what made him not get on All NBA? Is it the off the court stuff? There are a lot of really good guards this year. Like I'm going to name six guards who I just thought were better. It's okay. Okay. Simple. So you um, have James Harden, John Morant. Who else? Yeah, it's really the guards that were pretty tough to peg. I mean, I didn't have LeBron or Durant because of injuries, really. Yeah. Uh, so you can make a pretty strong case for either of those guys, depending on your personal values. I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. either one of them being on there. So I, I think those are really my main honorable mentions. Okay, well, of my other honorable before I get to my honorable mentions, I gotta have to do my injury exclude list, which includes LeBron James, Devin Booker, and they these are just guys that aren't gonna read. My rule for this was you have to be projected to play at least sixty games to get on my All NBA team. So Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, they're not gonna get to sixty games during the regular season. So I decided just to cut. That's my cutoff for games needed: sixty games. Sure. So that's 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 where I get mad. But my honorable mention list. So I have about I have about seven here. So my honorable mention list is De'Aaron Fox, Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson, Lowry Marketin, Bam Adebayo, Demar Derozan, Anthony Edwards, and I barely considered him, but I, I put on uh, Trey Young. Okay. Those are all fair. Yeah, those guys yeah. That all have been. I'll tell you what, the Fox group. and Brunson, that was the closest one that I had on my all third team. Oh, and Lowry Marketing. Those were like my three biggest cuts. Those were my last three cuts for a third team. 
because like everybody else was kind of like Adebayo, he's the fourth best center of the season. DeRozan was good, but not great. Edwards had a slow start and Young's not been efficient this year. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, the guards, they're just a lot of good guards. Like, mm-hmm. I would love De'Aaron Fox to make an all-NBA team. I think that's like, I think cool. he's re- he's good enough to be there. It's just that, like you said, there's so many good guards. Yeah, like, normal, it, it, right. Normally, yeah. he, he would be, but I, I think this year, there, there are just too many. Yeah, so, so, okay, Chris, tell me your third team. Who you got on your third team? All right, um, I'm going to start with the guards. I have Steph Curry and Damian Lillard in the backcourt, and my that's two forwards. Cool are Jimmy Butler and Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. And my center is Bam Adebayo. So we only have one guy on the same third team. Do you want to guess who it is? Julius? Nope. Uh, Dame? Nope. Jimmy? Jimmy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I have Jimmy, yep. So my third team is Donovan Mitchell. James Harden, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, and Damana Sabonis. Uh, yeah, fair. Totally. Like, yeah, totally no, fair. like, can you say yours one more time? You had Dame and who else? Steph? See, I had to take Steph off because of the injury. Like, he missed too much time for me. That, that's why yeah. I don't have Steph on here. That's fair. I, I can't yeah. really argue. Like, that's yeah. yeah. And then, like, Julius and Pascal, I, I jumped back and forth of who I was going to have on second team. So, because statistically, it's pretty close. So, I decided to go with who had the better, who, who, uh, whose team had the better record. That was part of my, my thought into it. And, you know, the Knicks have the better record. So, I gave it to Julius. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we did this midseason, Pascal would have been on mine, but he, he's, I think he's been, not quite at that level since the All-Star break. And obviously Toronto, like you said, just just not a very good team. So, yeah, it didn't make no, the cut. Yeah, no. And, like, the reason, like, it was because Lowry was close, too. But Lowry's not on a team that's even in the, not even in the play-in right now. So I, I went with Pascal because at least his team's in the play. Sure. Uh, okay, so who's your second team? Uh, my... <laughs> <laughs> Especially your center position. Choose wisely, Chris. Uh, all right, I'll start at center. I have Demontis Sabonis at center. Uh, Larry well, well, Markin. Larry okay. Markin at forward. Jalen Brown at forward. Donovan Mitchell at guard. And Shea Gilgis Alexander at guard. Huh. We only have one player again that we agree on on second team. <laughs> Who do you think it is? I assume it's Sabonis at forward. Somewhere. No, I have Sabonis center at third team. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, um, Jalen. Yeah, Jalen. Yep, I have him as forward too. So my second team is Dame Lillard, John Morant, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, and Jokic. Sure, sounds sounds fair to me. <laughs> yeah, look, I know I know what you're doing now with first team. And, like, okay, I get what you're doing because they allowed it last year with Joel and Jokic to be on first team, but I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm sure. not doing that. It's not going to happen because the rules are stupid and it's yeah. set up in a dumb way, but it should happen because they've been the yeah. two best players in the NBA. Now, Dame, did you have, you said you had him on third team. Yeah. 
Uh, now, it's interesting because you's had... It's interesting how our lists are... It's not like they're completely off the wall, but like it's the margin is so slim on this because I had Dame second team. Uh, you had Sabonis second team. I had Sabonis third team. Who Lowry, I don't... Like I said, he was a last cut. Um, okay, okay. So... So let's go ahead to first team then, Chris. Yeah, my first team, I have Nikola Jokic at center. Joel Embiid and Giannis are my forwards. And then my guards are Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic, which is allowed. I researched to make sure Tatum was allowed to be a guard, and he theoretically is. Wow. Wow. Okay, because I was about to call bull, bull uh, shenanigans. I'm not going to say bull crap. I'm going to say shenanigans. I was about to call shenanigans. Okay. So, believe it or not, Chris, I'm giving Oklahoma City more love than you are in this podcast because my first team is Luca, Shea, Jason, Giannis, Joel. Sure. Yeah, I love it. Um, look, obviously, if I wasn't allowed to put Tatum as a guard, then Shea probably, I don't know. It might have been Donovan. Uh, it would have been close, but I. I just want to know why you don't have Morant in your All NBA list. You have him as an honorable mention because you uh, have. Tell me your guards again. Going down from first team, you have Luca and Tatum, and then second team was uh, Shea and Donovan. Okay, I had Donovan Steph, third team. Definitely. I I I mean again, like broadly, I just think they've all had better individual seasons than Jaw. Okay. I mean Donovan. It specifically, his team has been better record-wise. Luca has been one of the best players in the world. Like, obviously, Dallas is kind of in a bit of a tailspin right now. And record-wise, they're not up there. But yeah, they just still- lost. The, by the way, they just lost to the Hornets this Sunday afternoon, and now they are officially out of the play-in. Yeah. So even despite that, like Luca would be top five on my MVP ballot. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of year that he's had. Um, yeah, no, no, I don't think he shouldn't be. Yeah, that's fair. So it comes down to like Shay, who's just statistically better across the board, pretty much. And Steph, who again, just, I think better player injuries are a factor there, but John has mentioned, has missed quite a bit of time now for other reasons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. But let's talk about games missed here. Cause I, I was looking at that right now. Steph Curry has played. He has Steph played has 40, 49 games this season. Steph has played 49 games. Jaw has played 55 games. Steph's not going to reach 60 games this season. Josh will. Yeah, I didn't have the 60-game cutoff. That wasn't, like, a, a thing for me, though. Okay, and that's fair. I get that. But for me, like, it, you got to play at least, like, a, roughly a quarter of the season, uh, three-fourths of a season to get on there. Like, anybody below 50, like, I feel like that's just pr- pushing it now. Yeah, well, Steph isn't going to end below 50. Oh, no, no, he's going to get He's going to get 50, but, like, he's not going to get, like, I don't even, he might not, he might get, like, what, like, 50... 657 I uh for me that's like the same I mean like Anthony Davis is in the same boat like if Anthony Davis had played more games he probably would have been there above Sabonis yeah I don't know I I think it like just 
I think you have a higher opinion of John Morant than me. Like, I think that's what it is. I, I think you think he's better than I do. I, John's awesome, like top 20 player. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just think he's less important to his team than those guys. His, his scoring and efficiency no, 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 no. than all those guys. Now, like, that's, the, that's the argument you can make that I will listen to. That, 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 his importance to his team, because his team can't survive without him. The Warriors cannot survive without Steph. I will give you that one. So it, it just depends on, like, philosophically what you're you're going for. I, he would have been, like, on my fourth team, probably, if there was one. Like, he's not far off. So I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to disrespect John in any way. I think he's an amazing player. But, like I said, there's just so many great guards this year. All these guys have been at an absurd level. Lillard just had his best season yet. And he's Dame freaking Lillard. Like, there are just so many guys. I mean, that's why I have him second team. Though. Yeah, again, I think I can hardly <laughs> argue it. I mean, he would, again, probably be, be on my second team if I wasn't doing the Tatum guard thing, which some are going to say is cheap. I, should, I say that it should all be positionless and that we should probably, I would have like more guards if it were positionless on the lower teams. So it, it's a weird balance, but yeah. It, John, it's John a weird, say. it's a weird thing. Do we want to, like, how much do we protect the integrity, not the integrity, but the history of the, uh, like, these awards slash, like, this, uh, you know, the position, the history of the positions versus, like, you know, w- who's actually better? Because there were, there's been years where a lot of big men or forwards have been better, and there's been a lot of years that guards have been better. It's just the way that the NBA flows sometimes. I will say this, that I don't think the media should be the one voting on it. I think you should get former players to vote on it. Mm, I don't know about that, man. I No, I think so. Like, look, make it a paid job. Have them, like, you know, have them, like, actually watch the games and then pay them to make a, you know, have the NBA, you know, give them a stipend or something and have them choose because, like, get, get guys that have gotten the All-NBA awards before like don't get like don't get Kendrick Perkins or something, but with somebody like that. But like get somebody, you know, get little, the legends in on it. Why not? Especially those that missed out on like the NBA economic boom. I I don't know. I I mean honestly, like I generally think like no one puts more time and thought into this stuff than the NBA media. That is like literally their job to think about it. You're not going to get the same level of commitment out of Larry Bird. But how do you know that for sure? How do you know that for sure? Because they just have, they aren't, they don't, they don't get paid to watch and think the games like that's this. What, that's what yeah, I'm I saying. That's what I'm saying. You pay them to do it. And I heard well, that from these some, guys are all, from where, but yeah. A lot of these guys are like still very financially well off. They, they have bigger and better things to do, honestly, probably than sit around and think about all NBA. Well, maybe some of them don't. You don't have to get everything. I don't know, but why would you take like, it away from the media? I, I just don't really see the reason for that i i don't think i i i you know mark spears talked about it he um you know from espn and uh you know part of it is is like you know he was being like intimidated by coaches and by you know players saying if you don't vote for me i won't like give you access to me anymore yeah that sounds like a player issue like not a media issue but like the I, you know, if you put it into the hands of former players, then you don't, th- there's nothing really current players could do to really influence that, right? 
I guess, but I just don't think that's as you're not going to get as thoughtful and nuanced consideration out of that body as you will out of the media. Now, I'm not saying every media person who gets a vote puts the same amount of thought into it. There are better, better voters than others, and you're going to have bad eggs no matter which group you, you lean on. But I, I mean, again, uh, you're just not going to get the same level, level of thought, consideration, dedication to, the, to watching and viewing these games from former players or current players or whatever. Like, we, we see every year the all-star votes from the current players, the guys who get votes. Like, they just don't care about this kind of stuff as much. So you can't really do the current players or the coaches. Obviously, there would be bias there. I, I just think the media is the best group. Uh, agree to disagree on that one. But on that note, Chris, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Yeah. All right. To all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sixer Sense podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Audible. Or you can listen at our website and also read our written work. That is the SixerSense.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at SixerSense. And until next time, go Sixers. Thank you.